Hey, we're in a series uh, right now called Walk This Way, and uh, one of our very own shine people just gave us a, a really, I thought, a funny little joke there, and so check this out. The DJ's been singing Aerosmith songs. I'll just put up memes. Yeah, I got this re- recipe from Steven Tyler, the guy from Aerosmith. He told me to walk this way. <laughs> Dad joke. Okay, good. Well, we will move on. I'll, I'll be praying in a minute, and the Spirit will take over in just a second. Hey, um, I, we have so far just really enjoyed the series, and the, the heart of this series um, is just really to try to give all of us as a family members practical ways to exercise our faith. Um, you know, there are incredible teachers that you can get on your phone at any moment notice, we can have some of the best speakers in the world up on our phones in 30 seconds and be listening to incredible messages. And that is a part of our growth. But at the beginning of this year, we felt very strongly that we wanted to not only give some teaching, but we wanted to do some things where there was practical interaction in our services. But beyond that, we also wanted to give messages that would challenge us to grow in our spiritual Um, disciplines, our spiritual exercises that we could go out into this world and actually use in our day-to-day lives. And so we are doing this series and we've gone through prayer and just practical ways to pray just for ourselves and for others. We have talked about um, love. Pastor Peter did an incredible job about loving other people. And we challenge you to, to go out that particular week and, and try to find some supernatural way to love somebody. Um, last week, Pastor DJ spoke about uh, living on mission. And he talked about how we are supposed to um, fulfill the Great Commission, which is go into this world and make disciples. And one of the things that I love that he brought out is, is that it doesn't change who you are, what you're doing, where you're at, what neighborhood you live in, where you work. It simply means that whatever you're doing, as you go, we are supposed to reach out into our world and we're supposed to make a difference. Now, what we have been trying to do this in this series is take a look, take a section of the message to look back at last weekend and actually share and do a time of feedback about what maybe God challenged you to participate in for this last week. But this one's a little bit different because we've talked about local outreach, global outreach, and it's not like you know, we can say on a Saturday or Sunday, hey, you know what, why don't you go do a missions trip this week and you leave on Monday and come back Wednesday and then you tell us on Saturday how the trip went. It doesn't work that way uh, in a practical sense. So I thought I would do something a little bit different. And if you're new to Shine Church, we're glad that you're here. Sit back and enjoy what God has for you. But uh, we interact. We pass a microphone. We ask questions and people will just share um, as they feel led. You can join us if you a little more quiet and you don't want to grab the microphone. You can text to interact with this. But here was my question that I thought I would ask. What hinders us from living on mission? When you think about doing different things that DJ talked about, about living on mission, going out into our community here, or maybe going out globally, or trying to make an impact uh, in our world, um, I think we would all agree that is something that we're supposed to do. Yes? Okay, I know the meme was stupid, but come on, you can, you can give feedback. 
Uh, we're, supposed to, we're supposed to interact with, with our world that, that we're in. And as we go, we are supposed to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, I was reminded probably about a month ago, you know what we, what we do as Christians is actually really simple. It's simply this. Take the good news that was given to you and express this to others. That, that's it. And you can do it in whatever way that you have been gifted and empowered to do, but we have to do it. And yet so many people in the capital C church have a really difficult time with this. And so I just wanted to open just a quick little discussion. Why do you think that is? What hinders us from sharing the good news to our neighborhood, to our workplaces, to the ends of the earth? If you'd raise your hand and... Fear, just one word. Do you want to, okay. <laughs> I, actually, go ahead and give Donna the mic real quick. All right, when you say fear, Donna, what, what comes to your mind? Why, why does fear, that hinder you? Fear of being rejected. Okay. Um, and fear of um, uh, not being accepted and um, fear oh. of retaliation. <laughs> retaliation. Well, yeah, yeah. Somebody might get yeah, angry at you. Yeah, somebody would be and, offended. Yeah, okay. That's good. Uh, anybody else struggle with fear? Like four people. You guys are, you guys are really out there, right? <laughs> okay. I, I think that's a big one. Absolutely. The rejection, the acceptance. Uh, yes? Insecurities. Insecurity. Go into that, Ray. So basically, if you don't know who you are in Christ and the power that God actually gives you to go out there and spread the word and everything else, you're not going to be confident in what you're doing. So people lack confidence in just putting themselves out there. That's so good, man. Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. And here's my hope. As people share this, I hope, first off, that you realize that it's probably pretty common in the room, and anybody listening online, is, is things that we struggle with. Um, but it's things that we should be praying about and asking God to give us our identity so that we can be secure in that. Here's, here's what I know. Um, if any one of you find a good restaurant in the town, I'm pretty sure you don't have any problem telling other people about that restaurant. Why? Because you have this, this just, even though you've only tasted one menu item, but there's the security in you or this confidence in you that, oh my gosh, this is an incredible restaurant. You got to come. Come with us. And, and you start to invite people. I, why the hindrance then with sharing our faith? Because I think the insecurity, the enemy comes and steals and tells us that we're not worthy or, or the fear that says you're not good enough to share this. Really good. I was going to say the media, I feel like. I feel like every time you're trying to say something, they're constantly trying to prove to you that what you believe in is wrong. Oh, like that's so good. Other things, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it's been, it's, and it, even myself, like, it makes you second guess. And then the whole thing, like, like you were saying, you know, if things don't go your way or, you know, you lose somebody or bad things happen and you kind of question your faith. And then the media kind of jumps right in and they're like, well, this is why and this is why. And so it makes it really hard. Yeah. Uh, anybody find that if you stand on some of the truths of this Bible that... Um, it, it can go as far as getting to the media to where people just totally come against that. Uh, absolutely. I think that hinders people from sharing and, and walking out in walking this way uh, in, in their faith. Yes. Well, maybe in another direction, sometimes we're just too busy managing our blessings. 
<laughs> I stole Ouch. that. I stole that, by the way. But I just it just came to my Ouch. mind when you asked the question. Ouch, John. That that one hurts. Too busy managing our blessings. I, I don't know if that hit anybody else like a dart, but for me, that was like, ooh, ooh, ooh. yes, okay. Um, it came to my mind my own selfishness because don't always want to get out of our own comfort zone and and go out or we're feeling I'm too tired because it takes energy because you're investing in another person's life. Mm. And so it takes sacrifice and being humble and, and being there. So. That's so good. That is really good. Um, I'm reading a book right now. I think it's by Greg Laurie, but it's called Go Tell Someone. And it's a real easy read. Would encourage it to anybody, but it's just encouraging us to go tell somebody. Um, and like you said, that sometimes is difficult because that means I have to invest. I have to actually, but that's, that's what makes a difference, right? I'm assuming that most of you are in this room because somebody showed care to you. And out of that, you saw Jesus in the middle of that and it changed your life. Yes. Um, a lack of a teammate, and obviously you can do it by yourself as well, but I think there's a reason why they were sent out in twos in, in the Bible, and just having someone that is walking with you and sharing that burden and that joy with you. Really good. I, I loved what DJ said last week when he talked about that we're a team and that we should do this together, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be the one that, that has to be the evangelist, but if you have the heart to be, um, have a, a heart of hospitality, I, you invite somebody in and then let somebody else tell the, the good news, and it's a teamwork approach. I love that, and just supporting that. Yes? Um, mine was gonna be not living in alignment with your purpose or your path or your calling, because our life experiences uniquely equip us to impact other people, but when we choose fear, or we listen to fear rather than choosing courage, that can hold us back from the impact that we actually can have on others. Oh, that's so good. Hey, see, all of you could be up here teaching this. This is so good. Thank you. What's your name? Emily. Emily, yes. It's awesome. Yes. So I think, for me, perspective, like thinking that I'm not able to do it while I'm at work. Do you know what I'm saying? Like just that shift in perspective to have... To, to really care about people and to really, like, I, I work in warranty with Richmond Homes, and so it's like I'm in, like, the littlest thing, like, can you see this little paint chip? Like, I can choose to be like, yeah, okay, we can have the painter come. Or I can be like, oh, my gosh, yeah, I see that. Let me serve you. Let me love you. Let me, just as I'm going, you know, having that kingdom perspective, taking oh, care good. of people. So. That's good. Anybody else? I was just going to say... Um, what's, sorry, state names. Just so everybody, yeah. My name is Katie. Um, I think what can make it hard is just a lack of trust that God's going to show up. Like, a, like almost like we need to strengthen our faith because the, like, the, I don't know how to say this well. The times that I'm, af like, I know I should say something and I'm terrified to open my mouth. But that's in my own power, right? But if I'm faithful and I just start, the Holy Spirit shows up and words come out of me that I did not plan or know. Yes. So having that trust that God is maybe your part two, like your second person with you to help you yes. make those statements and to love on that person and That's, to speak the truth to them. 
That's so good. I, I just finished reading it just in my own personal study time, the book of John. Um, and I actually, I was just, just amazed at how many times that Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit being the one that would tell us what to say, that he would hear from God and that he would tell the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit would tell us and we would be able to communicate with the power of the Holy Spirit. And then I just started Corinthians and in 1 Corinthians, it's Paul saying, we're, this, this is my, my paraphrase of what Paul's saying, we're just dumb, but yet the Holy Spirit comes in and speaks through us. It's not by any power I have. It's not by anything that I, any gifting that I have, but the Holy Spirit starts to speak and those are the words that I want you to hear. And I want all of us in this room to understand that it, it takes a step of courage to step out in that being bold and, and full of courage and then the Holy Spirit comes through. It, God always comes right when you need him. Um, he usually doesn't come too early and never too late. He always comes right in the, in the exact time that you're going. Um, I'm Rosanna. My name's Rosanna. Um, I love the scripture that says how God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise because I am one of the foolish things of the world. And it's sometimes it's confusing to people how, and to even myself, how God would use me. But yeah, he does. And, uh, and I think he's given me the heart to help people almost to a fault. And um, I'm so grateful for how I've been helped. Yes. And through the things that I've gone through, I don't have judgment against people or, and I have mercy that maybe I wouldn't have had if I wouldn't have gone through everything I've gone through. But so I'm the activities director where I live and and I'm just, been, I've been able to help a lot of people with resources and, and point them in the right direction. But yeah, I think, what was the question? <laughs> what hinders us from sharing that good news? What hinders us is uh, uh, being so vulnerable with the yeah. spiritual gift that I have of hospitality, of, of uh, caring. Yeah. and being so vulnerable and being so susceptible to being attacked. Yeah. Because if you, if you exercise that gift of hospitality, you're opening your home, your heart, your life, and that, that's scary. Um, and, and I totally, totally get that. It's so good. But I'm always surprised when people like come against me for doing that. And yep. it's like, what? I just helped you. What happened? Yeah. You know, why are you mad at me? So anyway, just... So there's another hindrance too, is past experiences that you've had with people and how, they, how that hinders what, what you're doing. So let's do a couple more and then we'll move on. Yeah, I what, think about the, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, I think about the fear and I think about, you know, we wonder about what to say. Um, then I also feel guilty by not doing it. I think about I read on um, CBN News all the time. I try to look at what's going on globally across the world, you know, with Christian news. And every time I look at it, and I, I, I see where one of my fellow brothers or sisters across the globe have been persecuted. And I just read one the other day where somebody converted to Christianity. They were hunted down, and they cut his hand off. And he didn't give in. They asked him to denounce whatever it is you believe in, and he didn't. 
and he cut his hand off. And it makes me feel, oh, God, am I, would I be that brave? So I think I get a feeling of guilt sometimes as well. Like, mm. I, I need to be more bold. And you know what? It is what it is. God would take care of whatever it is. And if I end up getting my hand cut off or whatever someday, so be it. I need to be braver. That's good. I, the thought that comes to my mind as you're saying that, Ed, is I think the enemy loves to use guilt and condemnation to total hinder. The, either reading the word, praying, sharing. And, and it's funny because if you step out in boldness, he'll tell you that what you said was stupid. If you don't step out in boldness, he'll, he'll condemn you for not doing it. And then the next time you get the thought, he'll start going, well, you didn't do it last time. Why would you do it this time? And, and he gets you coming and going. And we got to be very careful and understand that, that guilt and condemnation, um, it, it can be a hindrance. And be, be very aware of that. Danny? Um, Danny, um, I would say that not knowing how to do it. Not knowing what? Not knowing how to, how to start, how to do that. How to, how to do it. Because, you know, some people are introverts, extroverts. You know, you don't know how to step out of your, what you're comfortable in doing to do something like that to begin with. I'm so glad you said that. This is why we are doing this series. Hopefully to help you to understand it's little by little, step by step, praying for somebody, loving somebody. It's understanding that we're walking out on a mission. I have got a challenge for you tonight that we'll talk about, and I'm hoping you'll step out and try this week and next week. So, Ray, you want to conclude? I'm sorry. Just one more. Um, Self-idolization. There's there's this thing where we get saved and God delivers us from whatever was from, and we forget what we came from, like Rosanna explained. Mm -hmm. Um, And to be a true follower of Christ, it takes a sacrifice of self. But a lot of individuals are in a position in their lives where they are not willing to sacrifice self. Like um, somebody here, I just heard someone was talking about it, how the the one gentleman, oh, when you first got up, um, God told you, you're a true follower of Christ. And he said he was following all the commandments. And God told him to go give away all his things. And that's when he realized it, that he wasn't following the commandments. But what it is is a lot of times we're not willing to sacrifice what it is God has already blessed us with because we forget where we came from and the same God that did it before is the same God that could do it again, but we forget that. That's so good. That is so good. And a great transition for me into this message, actually. Thank you, Ray. You read my notes. By the way, version on the Bible app, you can follow along with the notes. You can pull up that, uh, go to version the Bible app, three little lines, click on it, or you can scan the QR code and find the events and you can find our notes. But, um, Church, I want you all to know the reason we're doing this series is because we want to stretch you. We want to challenge you. We want to get you out of your comfort zone a little bit, and we want you to step into the things that God has asked us to do, not out of obligation, but like Ray was saying, out of just a gratitude of what he has done for us. And when we do that and we step in and let God challenge us, Um, he will give us the words to say. He will give us the courage. And Ed, I will say this. He will give you the empowered ability to let your hand be cut off if that's what he so allows to happen in your life. He'll give you the grace to go through those things. I believe that with all of my heart. I'm reminded of Stephen, who was about to get stoned in the, in the Bible, and it says that his face shone because he could see Jesus. Now, I bet no one else there had that grace, but he did. And so he's getting these rocks thrown on him, ultimately, that killed him, 
And he did it with a smile on his face because he could see Jesus. And he gave him the grace to make it through that. So understand, God is going to give you the grace and, and he'll be there when you step out. But you have to take that step of courage. You have to be bold in these things. And so last week we talked about, um, we got a few things locally, uh, nationally, and globally that we have doing. Jen Antavaros, who's is over here in the corner, would you raise your hand, Jen? Um, she's holding a collaborative meeting next Saturday at her house. And if you want to participate, go see her after the service. Um, but she's going to be asking the question, hey, what is a way we could reach out into our local community? And we're super excited about what may take place in that. Mark and Shauna Marble are hosting um, a person that is seeking asylum, and they need a team of people around them. And so if you have any interest in that, come see me, and I'll be glad to give you any information about that. And then globally, we presented uh, those little packets where we can feed a child for $10, they're fed for an entire month. $10 for basically one of your Starbucks with all the mixes, special sauces and all that. Um, we can feed a kid for an entire month. And so if you would like uh, one of those packets, again, come see me. We'll, we'll get you one of those if you missed that last week. This week, we need to transition into this week. This week, we're going to talk about generosity. So let's pray and we'll jump in. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now and Lord, I thank you so much for just the wisdom of the people in this room. And Lord, I, I realize that the enemy and just even our own flesh hinder us from stepping out and sharing the good news to the people that you put around us. Lord, we pray that you would challenge each one of us to step out in different ways, Lord, to tell the good news of who you are. Lord, I pray that right now, as I transition into speaking about generosity, Lord, I pray that you would help us and challenge us into what that would look like for our day-to-day -day lives and practical ways we can do that. Lord, we thank you for these things in your name. Everybody said, amen. All right, well, if you go to our website, you're gonna see the very first thing that pops up is it says that we are a community engaged with God, engaged with one another, and engaged with our purpose. Um, basically, it's just a different, you know, every church has their little mission statement and basically comes down to this, love God, love people, right? That has been the challenge and the charge that Jesus has given to us. But I was studying for this message on generosity and I felt like uh, I'm going to hit you on those three levels, engaging with God, engaging with one another, and engaging then with your purpose. And so I'm going to read some scripture and here's what I want you to do. Uh, again, you can follow along with the Bible app or if you have a notebook or whatever you're um, however you want to kind of highlight different thoughts that come to your mind. But I'm going to just read some scripture in one, each one of those categories. And I want to have a conversation, again, a little more interaction about what kind of jumps out. And then how can we do that practically right here in our own community, in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces. And so first off, with God, engaging with God. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. What is the word that jumps out in regards to generosity? What's the word that jumps out off this verb? Gave. It's gave. God so loved you and I that he gave. So I, I want you all to understand that God, as we engage with him, one of the things that we're going to learn about Jesus, our Father, the Holy Spirit, we're going to learn that he's incredibly generous. He gives. God is an incredibly giving God. Let me read a couple more scriptures. Titus 3, 4 through 7. But when, that, 
when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. Not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. Whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior. So that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. To what Ray was saying, you know what? We have such a loving, giving father that he generously pours out this gift of salvation. Amen? This is something you should rejoice about right here. This is something you'd be like, yeah, hi! You know, this is, this is that thing that we sang about in that song. Do you remember when you asked Jesus in your heart and the shift that happened? I was, again, reading another book that was talking about just sharing the faith, and uh, the, the testimony was, man, I did a terrible job sharing. and said, do you want to ask Jesus in their heart? And the person was like, yeah. And so he's like, I, me, I went through this terrible prayer. They said it, and then they said something changed. Do you remember that? That moment when something changed in your life, I clearly, distinctly remember when that happened. And we need to remember that. We need to go back, as that song was saying, go back to our first love and remember the joy that came from that because God has lavishly poured generously through the Holy Spirit this salvation into our lives. Amen. And when we get that and when we remember that, we then have this joy and this excitement to go tell other people. But it's when we let the burdens and the heaviness of life come weigh us down, we forget that. And all of a sudden now we're not out there sharing. James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously. Everybody say generously. generously. To all without finding fault. And it will be given to you. God will give you wisdom. If you want to know what to do, how to do it, ask God, he'll give you wisdom. The problem is he gives you a thought, it may be a crazy thought, and then you talk yourself out of that thought. It says that he gives generously as long as you don't doubt and don't waver. I would submit and challenge you to do this. If you hear that thought, step out on what God has told you to do and try it. Try it and see if he's not faithful to give you the wisdom to navigate through that. James 1.17, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. And then finally, Romans 10.11, as scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses, richly blesses, all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I'm gonna stop real quick. If you're here today and you haven't given your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, I implore you and I beg of you, give your heart, ask him to come into your life because he wants to give you generously the Holy Spirit, which then begins, he begins to help you navigate through your life. And so don't leave this place don't leave this place without asking Jesus into your heart and inviting him in and say, I want, I want to walk with you and I want you to lead me in my life. And if you'll do that, he will be faithful, faithful to meet you where you're at and it'll be just a life-changing event for you. So don't leave here without asking him into your heart. Okay, so we engage with God. So then we're told to engage with one another. So let's read a few verses about this. Acts 4.32 through 34 says this. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that they had any of their possessions or their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. 
With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them, all that there, oh, sorry, powerfully at work in them, all that there were, no needy persons among them. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what that actually looks like? The people began to realize how generous God was, and then they began to pour it out into one another's lives. Acts 10, 1 through 2. At Caesarea, there was a, na- a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian Regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. Now, I want you to realize something about this and the reason I pulled this out. This man, Cornelius, he was not a Jew. He was a Gentile. And at this particular time, the only ones that people thought, the Jews thought they could have that understanding of Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior was the Jews. And so if you keep reading this story, you're going to see the story of where Peter got the vision to actually open the good news, not just to the Jews, but for all the Gentiles. And I find it very interesting that God used a man, a Gentile man, that didn't actually even have an understanding of who Jesus Christ was, but it says that he was an incredibly generous man. You want to be used by God? I would submit to you this. Be generous. Be open-handed. Now, I want you quickly to know that I am not going to teach this message and then say, okay, we're going to take up a second offering tonight. This is not about Shine Church. This is not. There will be a time and I will give a message about tithing and offering and what that looks like and what it means for the local body and and the family of Christ. This is a, a topic about generosity, about using what God has given to you in your circles of influence. This man did this. And God was able to use him to actually bring Peter into the fold. He tells them, and the Gentiles start to believe in Jesus. And if you're not Jewish in here today, that should be a big amen. Because that opened the door for you and I. 2 Corinthians 8, 7. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. I'm not going to ask you for a show of hands, but if I were to ask you and say, how many of you are excelling in the grace of giving? Would you be able to lift your hand and say, yes, or would you're like, I've got a little, you know, one hand open, one hand closed. Actually, I got both hands closed. Where are you? The challenge is to understand how generous God has been And then when it comes to our relationship with one another, let's be generous. Let's excel in this gift of generosity and gift giving. Amen? All right. Then we, so engage with God, engage with one another. Now I want to transition into engaging with our purpose. And tonight for the the talking about purpose, I I believe that every, every one of us well, let me, let me say it this way. I believe that God sets up absolutes. For instance, gravity. Whether you believe in gravity or not, if you go to the top of this roof and step off, guess what's going to happen? 
And I could be the best teacher of anti-gravity. There is no gravity. You could, I could get a whole group of following. But if we go up there, we step off, we're all falling down. There's absolutes that God has created. I would submit to you that when it comes to giving and generosity, there's an absolute that whether you believe in God or not, if you apply these principles, they actually, they, they'll, they'll bless you anyways. Because there's just certain absolutes. And when I say engaging with our purpose, understanding that God's purpose is to use one another to be generous so that he can accomplish the things that he wants to. And in that generosity, those things get accomplished. So listen to 1 Timothy chapter 6. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them, listen to these words, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. Not a single person yelled amen. amen. <laughs> and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Again, as I'm reading through these, what things are sparking in your heart and mind? We're going to talk about it in just a minute. 2 Corinthians 9. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Do you see the tie-in between generosity and you abounding in everything? It's right here. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplied seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This is so important to God that it's the only thing in the Bible that I know of. Maybe you know something you can tell me. I would love, love to have you tell me this. But I believe this is the only place in the Bible where God says, test me. Malachi says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And then he says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. This is such an important principle to God that he challenges us to actually test him in this. He says, try me in this. Try me in this. Try to outgive me. Now, here's, here's the rub. And we talked about this as a form, or formation team and even with the staff. The motivation of our heart needs to be pure. If you're generous because you think God's going to give you something, you just did it wrong. But if you're generous because you realize how generous God is and you realize that's what we're supposed to do with one another, then here's the promise. Whatever you need, God's going to meet those needs. He's going to overflow, actually. Test me in this. But it does come from a motivation that says, I am generous because 
God has been generous to me. So I know there's people that teach, give so that you can get. That's the wrong heart. That's the wrong motivation. And yet it's the truth as well. Does that, does it make sense? It makes it very difficult to teach from that perspective because you can get off into that and actually start teaching that. But that is not what I'm saying. I'm saying you should be generous because you've engaged with God first. And I think that's the difference. I was reading a book and um, there was a, a, just a story in the book. There's, there's a man who um, served in a kingdom with a king and he was planted a, planted a garden and he pulled out this incredibly huge carrot and it was the biggest carrot that he had ever produced in his garden. And so he was like, I want to show my love for the king. And so he brought the carrot to the king and said, I just want you to know this is the biggest carrot that I've ever grown. And I wanted to show my dedication and my love for you and give you this carrot. And the king graciously took this carrot. Can you imagine the king with all the gold? And I was like, wow, okay, great. And the man was like, okay. And he turned around and he walked out. And as he was walking out, the king said, hey, hold on. He goes, since you did this act of generosity on my behalf, he goes, I have a field that's right next to yours and I'm going to give you that field so that you can produce more of this and so that you can have an abundance of those things. Now there was a nobleman there in the room that actually saw what happened and was like, oh my gosh, if this is what the king will do for a carrot, what if? And so he, next day he brings in this gorgeous stallion and he says, king, I breed and train stallions, and I want to give you the greatest, biggest, most beautiful stallion that I have in my herd, and I want to give it to you as my dedication and love for you, and the king took the stallion and walked away, and the man was like, what, that's, that's it, and the king turned around and looked at him and said, um, well, the man who gave me the carrot that you saw yesterday, he gave me the carrot out of his heart and his love for me. But you, sir, gave the stallion to yourself. Simple little change in motive. What is our motive? Our motive should be out of generosity, but when we do, we should understand that God is going to meet our needs and give us more than we need. And so here's what I wanna do. Let's do a little bit of interaction. As you hear these scriptures, what thoughts come to mind? What are some practical ways? Um, here's my hope. As people share, I hope that we'll come up with some really practical ways that we can start making the difference right here where we live right now in just practical, generous ways. Um, so what, what comes to mind? And, and my hope is that you will write some of these down or you'll catalog them in your brain and that in this next week, actually two weeks because we have house church, but in the next two weeks, you will challenge yourself and you will do something generous that maybe you would not have done normally in, a, in your giving, in your, your normal week, okay? So thoughts that come to mind. Again, please state your name. I'm Nicole, and um, what comes to mind instantly, I thought, I had a conversation with a friend one time, and this like has burned in my brain ever since. About She was telling me how all these things she had gone through, and it's her job, but it had taught her to live open-handedly. And that's what, that's what it's like, that's been like, 
and I've, that's what I'm trying, I'm trying to do. It's like when I feel like I want to hold on tight, God's like actually challenging me to say, let it go because, you know, I've got something for you on the other side. Whatever that looks like, whatever that means, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a financial blessing, but it could be wisdom or it could be peace. Yeah. You know, but it's, but it's like, what are you willing, am I willing to hang on to that? And so that's always my challenge. I'm like, and so I wrestle with him sometimes. I'm like, no, no, I'm not giving up that. No, that's my, that's mine. <laughs> um, but um, he always gets it. You know, it's like, okay, right. fine. Because yep. he, he's relentless. So. so when we were talking about this, at, there was, some of us were talking during staff gathering type thing and we were talking about it. DJ said, from our own vantage point, we think we're losing something. But from the other person that we give to, we open their eyes to seeing the Father. And if you will realize that, when you give generously, you're actually open their eyes to being able to see the Father. When the other person sees the Father through that generous generosity, it opens their heart to God. So we're talking about sharing the good news. Could it be that if we give generously to somebody, it actually opens their eyes to being able to see the generosity of our Father? Man, I hope that would change your, your desire to hold on to things and be like, okay, I'm just giving it all away. Uh, Todd. I was, uh, I was just going to... My name's Todd. I, there was, um, <laughs> sorry, I was distracted for a second there. The, uh, it, every good and perfect gift comes from God. That thing right there. And then it also says that uh, uh, we love because he first loved us. And I, you talk about the motivation and, and the giving and the loving both being from a place where uh, when we start with God's love, when we start with God's generosity, then when we love or when we give, it's out of a place of gratitude uh, instead of out of a place mm-hmm. of manipulation where when we're loving to get God's love or we're giving to get God's generosity. Yeah. If, it, if God is a God of order, if we do things out of order, then... You know, do Ooh. it our way, it's manipulation. Do it his way, it's gratitude. Oh, that, that, love that. Right here. Ben, right up. She, oh, yeah, come up here first, and then I'll go here. Yep. Um, for, I'm Taylor. Uh, for me, one of the things that really stood out to me is that it's circular. So as we press into God, he opens our hearts to other people. And then as we open our generosity to other people, it gives opportunity for us to speak about God to them. It's good. It's really good. Awesome. Opens the door. Yes. Hi, I'm Christina. I almost don't want to say anything because I feel like I'm going against everything what you're saying. No, please do. So I'm having, I have a hard time with generosity. I'm an Enneagram too. I don't know if any guys follow Enneagrams. <laughs> so I feel the need to give everything. And I feel like I've lost my whole entire self in just giving to people. And uh, so it's really hard to hear this because that's all I've ever done and I feel like I constantly get taken advantage of. And so now I'm trying to look at all these people that I've you know, given my everything to and they're not really big into church so maybe that's just my, I've been given to the wrong people. But then at the same time, it's just, it's hard to pick, you know, almost like when I tell my husband, I'm like, I just wanna find somebody really poor because I keep giving to people I think that I need help and then they see, oh, she does this and then they take more and take more and then I lose my whole self in it because I don't know how to stop. And so that's kind of the path I've been on for the last 10 years. 
until I met Justin and Lauren and the home group. Yep. And they kind of told me, hey, you're at Enneagram too. You need to go to church and stop giving all your stuff away. So, so <laughs> you saying again, oh, well, give more. I'm like, well, I came here to stop, you know, to kind of... <laughs> So how do you, so, so please give me on the right path. How do I find the right people and not get taken advantage of? I guess that's what I'm trying to. Okay, so Christina, yeah. the thought that actually comes to my mind, and if anybody else has thoughts, we may not be able to get, to, but get with her individually, maybe share some of those things too. Um, but the thought that comes to my mind as you're, you're even saying that is that um, once again, um, if we don't involve the Holy Spirit in what we're doing, we can do a really good thing that actually can be bad. bad. Yonde also said Enneagrams 2 are the hardest numbers to accept the love from God. So when I found out about that, I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. Because I never thought I was worthy of anything. So, oh, so But you are so, so worthy. So I'm slowly starting. But like I said, for the longest, like the, right now I'm just holding on to everything. You know, trying to. No. So everything. I would submit this. Don't, don't, give away, don't, don't give away that generosity. But... Make sure you ask the Holy Spirit who to give to. Okay. And then when he speaks to you, then give generously. Okay. And do that with all of your heart because you won't have any problem with that. Okay. But when you do it as the Lord leads you, I think that's when you'll see the fruit. That's when you'll get to see these things where you'll get an opportunity to share about God and the, they'll see the Father's eye rather than somebody who just takes it for their own mm-hmm. and they're just greedy okay. because there is a difference. So Absolutely. that's kind of what I've experienced. So. Yep. And so I want to make sure that you understand you are not going against anything on this. <laughs> I know there's other people in this room that are like, I don't like this because I've been taken advantage of. There's so many. It's been like Absolutely. Every, everything I try to get into. And my husband's like, just stop. You're getting down, the, you're going down the rabbit hole again. Yep. So. But the Holy Spirit will lead you. Okay. And he will tell you the ones to, to be generous with. Now, on the other side, I'm going to kind of speak against what I just said. On the other side of things, I would submit this. I wonder how many times Jesus Christ, who he gave it all, and yet we still make mistakes. And I wonder how many times, do I have to keep giving to these people? And he says, yes, I will continue to give, no matter how many times they make a mistake. And so be led by the Holy Spirit. And understand that I don't think you will ever go wrong by being generous. Okay. Okay. Ever be wrong. Now, I think there's wisdom. He gives it to us in, in abundance. But make sure you don't pull it all back and just say no. Okay. Don't get hard Well, I haven't. No, yeah. not, well, you're too, ex- so you can't. <laughs> so it's, it's all good. It's so. just exhausting because then yeah. I feel like the, my, my, my parents, I mean, my kids are the ones that are suffering. Because then I come home and I don't have any, you know, anything yeah. to give to them because I'm giving to everybody else. Yeah. So. God will give you the wisdom abundantly, actually, on how to even navigate that. So ask him and pay attention to that first thought. Thank you for sharing that. It was really good. If anybody else has insight for her, um, please see her afterwards while we're eating hot dogs. Who's got the mic now? Okay, over here. Oh, yeah, right there, there. Okay. Ray? Um, I think uh, a good way to see on how to move forward and doing these things as far as giving, uh, what comes to my mind was Matthew 25. Uh, 35, like, as long as you do these things, you sort of hungry and you fed them, you sort of, people that were without clothes and you clothed them, you, people that needed a drink and you give them a drink, uh, uh, the sick and you visit them in the hospital, um, as long as you do these to the least of these, you do it unto Christ. And I, and I think that's 
kind of ties with what you just told her as far as the Holy Spirit, because it's going to be the least of these that needs these things yes. from you. Um, and you're, if you've given enough to someone, they won't be considered the least. It's good. It's the uh, least you have to look for. It's really good, right? Thank you. Um, this woman who has the mic is my mother. She's the reason I'm here. So she surprised me tonight, and now she's grabbing the mic, so I have no idea what's happening. So, yeah. <laughs> Embarrass him? Okay. I don't want to do that. One of the things that I heard with what you were saying is that gratitude is the motivation for generosity. Yes. And one of the twists that I have to offer is the thing that I have to learn is generosity can be asking for help. Mm. Because you know how good you feel, I know how good I feel when I'm able to do something for someone else. Well, when you ask for help, you are giving that person the gift to be able to help you. That's good. Wow, that's my mom, everybody. Come on. Well, that's good. Uh, right up here. Okay. Ben, right, right here. Go, you, oh. I agree with just what you said. I'm new here, and it's been interesting when I've needed help or directions. People could just very quickly give me an, a direction. But when people go beyond and do an act of kindness and give a little extra in that, it, I can see it brings them joy for them to share with me how to find some place or mm, where to go good. or whatever. And so I would offer acts of service or acts of kindness and time because for me, time is one of the most valuable things I have. That's and so to give another minute or two to someone for a smile or an encouragement is really valuable. That's good. And what is your name? Irma. Irma. Welcome to Shine Church. We're so glad that you are here. Uh, Irma is the grandmother to Jess Patton, John and Jess Patton, who just moved to Texas. This is their grandmother. So yes, we're so glad to have you. Susan. Yeah, so a lot of thoughts are coming through my head, but I think one thing for me is um, like giving out of our own access. So I feel like, like Christine, when you were talking, um, that definitely was on my heart. I'm like sitting here like panicking, right? Because like when you give so much, um, but as you were talking, and it's interesting like that you said that you're also like an Enneagram too, is the hardest to receive love. So sometimes I think like those of us that um, like want to give so much and feel like even shame or condemnation if you haven't given enough, maybe um, also have the hardest time receiving. So you have to start there, right? So you have to start either, whether it's in that quiet place, um, receiving that love, and then just being able to give out of our abundance. Like it's not just abundant financial resources, but it's abundance in spirit and it's abundance in love and peace and joy. Mm. Um, and once you're centered in that place with God and you've received that from him, it's not even hard. Like it just, 
It just overflows. Um, and then I, another thing that came to mind is just that the enemy loves to make Christians believe that we should live in poverty. Like, we, should, we have a poverty mindset as Christians. Um, and, like, if you ever, list, like, if anybody's a Bethel or Bill Johnson um, listener, like, he always says, like, if, if Christians have nothing, like, who's going to feed the poor? Who's going to clothe them? So I think, again, with receiving, it's like being able to receive from the Lord. Like, and I don't want to like get way off, but a quick, quick testimony. I remember when we were struggling financially one year, um, and God just, he abundantly blessed me with extra money at my job. And I took, we took that extra money and we could have put it towards debt, but I really felt like the Lord was like, you need to take your family to Disney World. And it was extremely hard for, for me especially to be like, but we could pay off so much debt, whatever. But I think what God was showing me that year in particular was that he just wanted to bless us like you don't have to give it all away like you can you do give it all away but it's not just financial like he wants to bless you as as his child so I think it's about receiving from him being able to do that and then giving out of that excess good we have we have to right we have to engage with God I to my mom to the last three people that grabbed the mic if we don't engage with God and his generosity and receive that We'll never be able to do this right and give it out. We have to engage this way before we can do it this way. Yeah, I just wanted to um, share our for. This is Ed, by the way. Yeah. Sorry. Ed. I um, moderated the financial peace class for years. And um, a lot of times <clears throat> when people come into that, they usually go into it because they're saying, I'm in such a mess, I need help. And I would always try to start off the class on the first day and saying, you didn't get into this mess in, in a day. You're not going to get out of it in a day. What you need, I love the verses that you talked about giving. And the Bible talks about God wants us to be a, a, a gracious giver, a joyful giver, not one that's holding your fist back like what Nicole was saying. He wants you to open that hand. And that's one of the principles of that class is, Live like no one else so one day you can live like no one else and give. Yeah. The very end of that is you will be a giver. And God, you know, and appreciates that. But I would always say, I don't care how bad you are. You, we always sit there and think, well, I'm such a dead. I can't give. I can't afford to give. And I would say, you know, the, in, in the Bible, it talks about the, the woman who comes and gives the might. Yeah. Okay. And everyone's there, oh, well, what's a mite going to do? But it's her mite that God blesses in the scriptures as an example. She gave everything she had, even though it was a mite. So I would always say to the people, if you're not giving now, you got to start to get into that process of giving. I don't care if it's a nickel. I know everyone talks about, you're going to give 10%. I always say, give a nickel. If you're not giving now, start off with a nickel so you get into that generous spirit of giving where you aren't now, and you watch what God does. Because And then I would always point to that thing in, in um, Malachi that you're talking about. Yep. Test God. Yep. It's good. And it will work. It's good. Thanks, Ed. Okay, I'm Emily again. <laughs> and um, so I have two thoughts. Um, the first one is a question for the Enneagram twos of the room. I myself, and this is something I've really struggled with. So um, 
our thing is that we think our worth comes from what we give or what we do. And so this is just a question that might resonate with other people as well. But it's where am I giving as a compensation because I believe that my presence alone is not enough. It's mm, good. So just stop real quick. If I'm hearing you correctly, sometimes generosity is replacing identity. Yes. And you're getting the identity through that generosity. Again, just to prove the point, we have to engage with God and his generosity first. Then when we give, we're giving from that right motive and that right understanding, that right identity, which is why I'm talking about purpose, because I think we're all purpose to be generous, but not in order to get our identity fulfilled or, or whatever. We're supposed to be generous because he was generous, period. It's really super easy. Be generous because he's generous. If you're having a hard time being generous, go to him and ask him to show you what he's done for you. And then be like, oh, yeah, okay. Okay, so, okay, second Okay, part. yes, so well, the other part that I had with that was just, um, this is, I would invite you to consider the fact that maybe your mere presence is a gift to others. And then you can kind of, you know, it makes it easier, which is what you just said. But <laughs> And That's then good. Uh, the other part kind of related to what you said was um, when we don't allow ourselves to receive we are giving the people in our lives half of a relationship with us. Who say that again? Yeah, when we don't allow ourselves to receive, we are giving the people in our lives half of a relationship with us. Man, okay, so you guys are taking this in a completely different way than I planned, and I love it. This is this is that whole thing that where the body of Christ is stronger together. The truth is, I didn't even think one thought about the fact that until you receive I mean, generosity can't actually take place until there's people that are welcoming the gift. Um, so thank you. Thank you, church, for helping this become even a more well-rounded message. You know, I'm, I'm actually trying to end this thing, but, but I love it. So Irma, go. What she just said made me think about something that I was taught a few years ago as that if you can't receive, then you are basically telling that other person I'm better than you because I can give and you, I, I can't take. So that is something to be aware of also. Kind of a pride issue. I think the word is pride at that point. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. Um, and it is humbling sometimes to have to receive and to ask for that gift and to ask somebody to help them out. Um, what I'm learning in this room is where my twos are so that when I have need, I'll just go to them. No, just kidding. Just totally joking. Um, all right. I, it's, it's already an hour and 45 minutes into this, and we have food, I'm sure, that has already prepared. So here, here's what I want to do. I want to challenge you in the next two weeks. Find some way to be generous. Now, I know that we talked about time and, and our actions and all of those things, I, and I absolutely agree with that. But I specifically believe that God is challenging us in a financial generosity. And so here's, here's what I want you to do. Pay for somebody's gas at a gas pump. Buy somebody's groceries at a grocery store. See somebody across at a restaurant that maybe you think the Holy Spirit is telling you they're having a difficult time and tell the waiter or waitress you want to buy their meal. I, I'm just shouting out ideas. The problem with shouting out ideas is then it locks us into those things. Let God speak whatever that would be. And be, let's be supernatural, supernaturally generous. Um, one of the things that Jordan, our, our good man Jordan, his birthday's tomorrow, by the way. Happy birthday, Jordan. 
But in this discussion, he, he, was, he made the very astute observation that in many of our interactions, when we're telling testimonies, and it could be testimonies about love, it could be testimonies about something that God has done, has nothing to do with giving or generosity, that in many of those testimonies, somebody's act of generosity is what opened their eyes to God. It's amazing because I hadn't really seen that, but it's so true that many times we'll be talking about whatever and a testimony come out and a financial provision or generosity was given to that person and it helped them to see God's love or helped them overcome a forgiveness issue or an offense or whatever. It's amazing how they're tied together. And so one of uh, the the church that his wife actually works at has something. Do they read this every week? Every week they read this together. Um, it's in your notes if you want to copy it. Maybe it's something that we could practice individually or as a family together or your family individually in your homes. But uh, listen to this generosity prayer. All that we have, we have received from... Is it up on the screen? Hey, let's read it together. All right, ready? All that we have, we have received from God. We bring nothing into this world and we take nothing out of it. We choose to follow the way of Jesus and increase in generosity until it can be said, there is no one in need among us. We choose to resist envy, greed, gluttony, and sloth as these plunge our hearts to ruin. We choose to be faithful stewards of all our resources, relationships, Time, possessions, and money. We choose to be generous because our Father is generous, and as His daughters and sons, we want to show the world what He is like. Amen. Amen. Let's be generous, church. Stretch yourself. We're going to, in two weeks, give you an opportunity to share testimony of of an act that you've stepped out in, in generosity. Challenge yourself to come and have one, to to share. And my mom is asking for the mic again, so I have to say yes to this. She's my mom. I mean, no, no, we need it for people online. We've even turned the mics in already, mom, but this is what I'm doing for you because you're my mother. I just want to add to your challenge. Okay. How about one time you ask for help? Oh, I see where you're going there. Let's let the Holy Spirit... What'd she say? Oh, yeah. (laughs) She could drop the mic a couple times. Wow. Mom, you just have to come to church every week now. She lives in Woodland Park, so it's a little bit of a drive, but what do you say? I mean, it's only like an hour and 10 minutes. She should come, right? Yeah, all right. That's that's good. Um, All right. So be generous or one time in the next two weeks, ask for help from somebody. Um, Because I do agree that opens the door for generosity as well. So Heavenly Father, we pray um, and we thank you for the fact that you are such a generous God to us. And God, I ask that you would just lead us now and uh, challenge each and every one of us to to step out um, in a generous way that maybe we haven't before. And that might be asking for help. Um, and it might be, um, giving that help. And so Lord, I pray that whatever it is, Lord, that you would lead us, 
Um, and by your Holy Spirit, that you would help us to first off understand how generous you have been to us. And God, we open our hearts to you and say, Jesus, come in. We want to love you more and make you the first in our life. And then out of that and understanding what you've given to us, we want to give back to others and help, um, help us be the family of God where um, we, we receive and give um, generously to one another. And so, Lord, we thank you for these things. In your name we pray.